everybody. Welcome to the final episode of season one of Magical Mystical Journeys. This is Andrea St. Amand. And with us, of course, I have Katie Valentine and Amy Renee. So we decided to do a wrap-up episode reflecting on this first season amongst the three of us, uh, share with you all listener questions, also listener feedback, and let you know what's coming up next. So as a reminder, we started off with the Archangel Sandalphon. Then we hung out with his brother, so to speak, Metatron. Then we tackled the profoundly complicated Magdalene. Then we went to Mother Mary, Archangel Michael, and ended with Jesus Christ. Ladies, which episode was your favorite and why? This is Amy, and I kind of find that question be challenging. That's kind of like saying, which child is your favorite? I got to say it was in between the Mary Magdalene episode and the Mother Mary that I had the most profound experiences. So it's neither, but it's both. What about you, Katie? I think Mary Magdalene, partly I had a lot of fun researching her and getting reacquainted with her and experiencing her in a new way. And I'm a sex positive person. So I like it when we get to have sexy talk about our experiences and bring that dimension into <laughs> our, into our angelic encounters. I love that. What about you, that. Andrea? What was your favorite? I actually, I think we have a unanimous vote here. I think it was Magdalene. Oh my gosh. Actually. Wow. Wow. Really? We didn't know. No, we didn't know. We didn't know. All right. Which one surprised you most? Amy. I'm going to say Michael. Like my heart stopped quite a few times during, you know, the different experiences that I feel are very much in relation with Michael. What about you, Katie? Well, this is going to shock you all, but Michael as well. Partly uh, because I think partly because in the middle of recording the episode, I thought, oh my gosh, all that cord cutting I've been doing all those years is Michael. And I felt like he came to me in a pretty big way. I think it was a day before we recorded. And that was a little surprising just because it's not an angel that I've worked with all that much. So I was both surprised and had a huge aha in the middle of the episode. What about you, Andrea? For me, Michael probably is the most surprising in my life, but not during the recording of these sessions. For me, in the recording, it was Metatron for sure, because I don't know if you guys remember, but I was sitting in a coffee shop and he walked in and sat down, which is mm. crazy. <laughs> it's, right? not, it's not crazy, but he literally surprised me, and that was, that was an aha moment for me as well, that even if you think you're going to do a different task, you might have a mystical experience like that, like be open because it might be time for you to meet an angel, even if you're sitting yeah. in a coffee shop. Well, did anyone trigger you guys or should I say, did you have a struggle or did you not connect or did somebody bring up resistance in you that you want to share, Amy? Oh, goodness. So... Again, my, I feel that Michael was probably like where I had my biggest challenges. So it was most surprising. And also, like, like I said, my heart stopped a couple of times. It's almost like if you've ever been pulled over by a cop, you know how your heart just kind of like drops to the floor. Michael I, is your heavenly police escort. Oh, no. 
Oh my gosh. My, my heart stopped twice within one day. I was like, okay, what is this about? That's cool. What was it about? Do you have any ideas now? Yeah. Okay. So one of them was, uh, we were in the middle of recording the episode of Michael and my boyfriend got home from work early was one of the experience. So it's not directly with Michael, but it's still in relation with the energy of, of, you know, the recording and working with Michael is how I see that showing up for me. And the second one was one of my dogs had an accident on the floor and I didn't catch it until I had been there for a minute. And it was like, uh oh, because <laughs> that's not the easiest cleanup. <laughs> so the energy was just hopping during the episode? Yeah. Yeah. John, it, it, what a great way to put that. I also feel that there was like a black and white energy that was present during the episode. So it was like, aha, like a, like a high vibe. And then all of a sudden, like, just stop. High vibe followed by dog accidents. I get it. Yes. The contrast <laughs> is real. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny that what, I, what I'm feeling with that, Amy, is that on another occasion, if your dog had had an accident, I mean, obviously a trained dog having an accident it's, is weird, but you might have just been like, oh yeah, no big deal. Let me clean it up. Let's see what's going on. And you might have moved on about your day. The fact it was the timing that made you actually be like, what? Okay, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. And it was like right before we started our recording, I was like, ah. Oh out of all times. That would definitely bring up resistance with me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, like we have plans and uh, God laughs. Man right. plans, God laughs. <laughs> totally. Well, for me, uh, Katie here, the one that brought up resistance, I would say would be Jesus, but it's not Jesus himself. It's that I worry, you guys, I worry. Um, because I know that Jesus can be so triggering and, and the way Jesus is portrayed often in our pop culture is, I, I think, unhealthy and toxic and damaging. And so I think I worried about it and I waited, I procrastinated just a little on editing because I do a lot of the editing for the podcast because I was worried that I was going to sound like a know-it-all or, or I don't know, like I was some expert or something like that. I, I listened to it and I thought, I don't think I did. Listeners, if I did, you can write in and, and let us know. But that was the one I just found resistance within myself about like how, I think we all experience that. How do we speak about um, a being as gigantic as Jesus and, and give, give him credit, sort of give him due credit? Like, can we do that in a way that's going to capture everything. Well, no, of course we can't. We only have, we talked about Jesus for an hour, but for me, that was the one that I think I, I had the most human resistance with. What about you, wow. Andrea? Any? Uh, uh, you nailed it. Yeah. I just ditto. I, I, well, I'll accept the know-it-all part because I don't know anything about, <laughs> <laughs> about the traditional and the historical aspects, but, uh, you know, outside of pop culture, but definitely it was it just brought up all this um, sense of, am I worthy? Am I worthy? Am I worthy to talk to Christ? And actually, yes, personally, and perhaps a lot of people feel like that, but it's a big difference than feeling like I want to pull his energy and talk about it in public. That's where my self-doubt kicked in. And I think, Katie, you just nailed it. But I love it that we all did it anyway. We did. You know? yeah. We did. And Yes, and everybody can do it. So now let's go to our listeners. Was there a listener favorite? 
All right, where the stats are going to tell us what we need to know here. Let me click on over. So definitely by about 100 downloads, Mary Magdalene is the mm -hmm. most popular downloaded one. And it surprises me and it doesn't surprise me, I guess, all at the same time. I think following that is Mother Mary. And then we're kind of at a nose for Michael and Metatron. And of course, Jesus is our most recent episode. And so the, the downloads will continue because some people don't download until a few weeks in. And we just released that one less than a week ago at the time when we're recording this. So we'll, we'll see over time. So right now mm -hmm. it's Mary Magdalene. Uh, does that surprise anyone? I think that's great. I love it. I'm curious, why, why do you all think that she was the most downloaded one? Do you think it's because in some ways she's the most controversial? Absolutely. Yes, I absolutely feel that's a big part of it. And if, in a way, there's uh, an experience of like, she's kind of been hidden, denied, and suppressed um, throughout time. And I feel like just within this last century, so to speak, is there's been so much that has come up in relation with her. And there's just this drive to know more, to connect. What is the truth of Mary Magdalene? What are the different perspectives and experiences that people are having with her? Yeah, I think we can thank Dan Brown for her popularity in the past, you know, 20 years or so with the Da Vinci Code. And yeah, she has a lot of name recognition. I think a lot of people know that she's misunderstood, but they're not exactly sure why. So she's easy to connect with. And I think we kind of captured some of that, you know, the sacral, sexy, fun energy with her too. That's fun to explore. It just now dawns on me that perhaps she's also a mirror of our human development, at least in Western society over the last hundred years. Um, in terms of have we been misunderstood? Are we more mm. interested now in exploring our own pieces of ourselves that may have been repressed? I love that. And that we, yeah, we all have something that's not being voiced as well as it can be. So we can all, I think everyone uh, can identify with what it feels like to be at some point silenced or repressed or not have the fullness of you be seen. And so having Mary Magdalene become seen in these new ways. And we're playing a part of that with this podcast, which is kind of amazing, is really humbling and really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Amy, would you like to take us to some of the questions that we received from listeners? I would love to. So this one comes in from Leanne and she asked, what is the difference between angels, spirit guides, and ancestor guides? Andrea, would you like to take this one first? I can only answer from my own experience, and everybody might experience this completely differently. To me, they feel different, but let me just start with a practical answer. Your ancestors are the people who are in your bloodline. It's your grandma, or it's anybody in your family. It's your aunts, it's your great-grands, it's even could be your children who've passed on, you know, your family. And there could be lots of family members up the chain whom you've never met. So to me, that feel, that's going to feel more familial. It's going to feel closer, so to speak. It's going to feel like, like almost easier to get in touch with them. But again, that's my experience. Although that being said, because they're your family or because they're in your bloodline, you might have emotional 
relationships going on, even after they've passed, that make it harder to connect. But there's that circle, I would say. Then there's the belief that, you know, that we all have spirit guides and that spirit guides have not been people who've incarnated or not been spirit communicators who've incarnated in our lifetimes, but they're trusted souls. And so we might not, you know, have a personality for them. We might just feel that there's a guide there. But the common belief is that our guides have lived a fully incarnated existence here on earth. So we understand what it's like to be a simple human or a complicated human. And then there's the angelic realm, which as we talked about earlier, other than Sandalphon or Metatron, who it's believed that they did live human existences, they're these huge energies that help us uh, navigate life on earth, but more in a larger um, energetic way, maybe not in the day-to-day details, although maybe, maybe so. Um, but there's, they're, they're responsible for more of humanity and they're responsible for more of the energy going here on, going on here on earth in a bigger way. I hope that made sense. Well said. Absolutely. Katie, what's your take on this question? Yeah. So I'll speak about um, a little bit about ancestors because I think it's important to connect with ancestors when, when appropriate within our own lives, our own familiar ancestors. I want to broaden that though beyond only bloodline. So there's, there's, so for instance, if you're adopted, do you have to connect with your bloodline ancestors? No, it's your ancestors. However you define that. It's your, your ancestors. And for, you know, my tradition too, spiritual ancestors are also really important. So it may be no one I'm related to biologically, for instance, a saint, but they're a spiritual ancestor within my tradition. So our, our heroes or our sheroes, I believe also count as part of our ancestry. And that might feel different than a bloodline relative or, you know, something, something like that. And um, angels, guys, I, yeah, what Andrea said, ditto. I like it. I agree. I think, Andrea, you really hit that on the nail. It's funny because what is the difference between them? I see so many more similarities than I do differences. To me, the differences are kind of like the differences between the three of us. You know, we each have our own signature energy, the way that we express. And I kind of see that with the angels and the spirit guides and the ancestors as well. To me, they've just each shown up in a different way. So really, Andrea, I really love how you you answered that question. I really feel that you you nailed it, so to speak. But Amy, I think, yeah, what you're saying is that, but they're all here to help us. They're all here yes. to support or guide and here for our highest and best good. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and I don't think they care if we mix them up. If we want an angel, a spirit guide, or a spirit guide named you, like they're all, you know, th- those are terms we give them. So, they're, absolutely, they're yeah. happy for your to have mistaken identity. I think totally. It's so funny that you say that because I actually referred to all of them as my guides. Like, yeah, just shorthand, just, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's archa- an archangel or if it is an animal spirit. Like they are my guides. And that's how I refer to each of these beings as no matter how they show up for me. So, And I tell my, my people that when I'm working with them, and this is just purely what I think, so I have no real basis for this. I don't think it's that we have a spirit team or a guide team. I think we're on one. It's just that Ooh. we happen to be incarnated right now. 
Woo-hoo. They're helping us, but don't worry. You're going to help one of them sometime down the line. Love. So learn all you can now people so you can get that wisdom so you can help them when it's your turn. I love to serve that. that role. <laughs> oh, I love that. That resonates with me tremendously. How fun. I do too. There's no I in team. That's, that's <laughs> we're all on one. So, uh, another listener, Rochelle, hopefully I'm saying this correctly. She says, I'd love to hear more about how you've used the Bible as a tool rather than an absolute and also a bit more background about each of your journeys and challenges you faced, especially dealing with doubt about yourself. So that's kind of a two-part question. So let's go ahead and address the first part. I'd love to hear more about how you've used the Bible as a tool rather than an absolute. Katie, do you want to start this one? No, I was so totally hoping Andrea would, but I will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so for me, you know, for someone like me who has studied the Bible actually professionally and done all this work, part of the reason I do that is I think because of this question, because I don't think the Bible can be an absolute. And in fact, that's putting so much pressure on this book, on this set, it's actually a set of books, a set of documents that it can't bear. Like, I don't even think scripture can really bear that weight, but humans certainly do. We certainly do um, want to give things absolutes. And so for me, once I began to view the Bible as not a document, but many documents with contrasting points of view that are a reflection of people's experiences with God through their own biases, and through their own trauma, and knowing that not a single word, except for maybe a few lines of ancient poetry, not a single word of the Bible was written, not under a state of oppression. The entire Bible was either was written under colonial oppression by Egyptians, Babylonians, um, Akkadians, Persians, Romans, Greeks, uh, all of it. And so seen through that lens, we can see that the Bible is a collection of kind of traumatic events and people are interpreting God through those events and they're doing their darn best, but they don't always get it right. So the Bible for me is not an absolute, but it's a record of people's experiences with God and how they have recorded those experiences. And it's up to me to be the discerner and what is, what is wisdom? What is the how-to? What is the not how-to? And what do I need to read between the lines to see what's not being said? So for me, it's actually never an absolute, but always a springboard for further conversation. Because the Bible is only the first page of the human story. You are writing the rest. And so so are we, so am I. So for Christians, it is the life of Jesus Christ that is the the true... um, like to be very old school, like salvific thing. It's not what the page says about it. It's the actual life of Christ that is the most significant thing. And when we put the Bible above that, it becomes an idol. So the Bible is one testimony among many. Beautiful. Mic drop. And that is why Katie was a... (laughs) professional preacher (laughs) was amazing i that was that was beautiful really beautiful i will i think what you said katie could be extrapolated to any spiritual book or any book that people 
put weight on looking for answers. I will tell you in my growing up as a Methodist child, the Bible made no sense to me and no offense to anybody who was teaching me at the time. It just, it was, it was too much. It was too archaic. It was too, it made no sense. And so I've never had a relationship with it. I've never, and I'm, I, I was an English literature major. I'm fascinated by what documents say. And then of course I was a lawyer. There's part of me that always wants to go back. What do the documents say? What do the original documents say? And Katie, I'm so glad that you've been able to provide that for us in a way that's modern and modern language and the way that we can get our heads around. So I have never had a relationship with the Bible until this podcast. Thanks to Katie. But I think what everything that you said, Katie, could be applied to any book. There are several books that I have every now and then I will just go to my bookcase and open to a page and be like, okay, what, what do I need to hear today? Recognizing that that author, we don't know what situation the author was in when the author wrote the book. We don't know what the author's biases are. We don't know everything you mentioned, Katie. But is there something, is there a sentence, is there a phrase or something that I can take into my life today and gain a new perspective on or gain a deeper wisdom about? Ah, I love, love, love that practice. Andrea, I just, I want to share. The time is 333. So speaking of angels, angel numbers, uh, they are definitely present with us today always. I, I have to admit, I have been triggered by the Bible a couple different times. Like there's part of me that feels like I don't know who it was that put, you know, these stories together. And why did they choose these versus, you know, all the different stuff that's out there. And I know Katie, I am so grateful for you being here because I've learned so much from you and I have a now have a better understanding of that through this first series. And for me, the way I guess I've kind of used the Bible as a tool is to know that it is about the story is like whenever I hear one of the stories of the Bible, not necessarily to take it word for word, like this did happen. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but what is the theme here? What is, you know, what are the ahas that I'm gaining from the story or the teachings or the different experiences, even the individuals in the Bible? I mean, there's so many different wonderful sayings. So this is coming up for me right now. Uh, Daniel in the Bible. So I was guided at one point in time to go on what I'm going to refer to as the Daniel diet. And this is just pure source coming through me. And what that meant to me was to eat all high vibrational, God-given, God-grown foods. No processed food. I, I didn't even have sugar, actually. though I had natural sugar like an apple. But it was just water and just basically raw foods and cooked, you know, vegetables and fruits and whatnot. So I reflected onto the story that speaks of Daniel and like, what was that about? Why am I being guided to do that? So even though 
I didn't really know fully all about it by referring to the Bible. It helped me better understand or gain the messages that I feel my spirit guides were bringing through me. Right. So I, it seems like the, um, the theme that's coming up is that everything is filtered, including scripture. Scripture never claims to not be filtered, right? That's a human thing that we've, we've tried to say that it's all inspired, divine, uh, something. And that there's something for everyone, something for yeah. everyone. And all of our approaches are needed with, with, with scripture and with any, you know, with anything of a lived experience, with any written document, uh, with any sacred writing. And I will say, so listeners, you know, I've spent, I spent a, so I'm really happy to put my really um, expensive degree to use <laughs> in this way. It thrills me. I can, I can finally, uh, I can finally, I can finally speak about all this, all these years I spent learning all this stuff. But I will say y'all, whenever I pick up, whenever I try to engage another sacred scripture, I've tried to read the book of Mormon. Whenever I engage the Quran or anything like that, I'm like, this is how people feel when they read the Bible for the first time. It is like stereo instructions. It is so hard to enter the story if, it's, if you don't know it. And mm. so if, if it has been confusing for you, take heart. It's confusing for everyone. So we can, we can talk about ways to make that easier down the road just for people who are interested. That's great. I love that. It also feels important to, to share, like, say, we can read one scripture from the Bible, Right. And it might mean something to us today in this very moment. And then give it another year and you read that same exact scripture. Do you think you're going to have that same exact experience? Or do you think you might have a whole new understanding or awareness of the meaning of it? Yeah, definitely. I think meanings unfold and they, they should. And that goes for any meaning, anything yeah, you're reading. Anything, just, right. I mean, absolutely anything. Yep. Yeah. And I have a few books, like I have a few novels that I reread every year and every year I get something new from them. So. Oh, like it. So the second part of that question was she just was curious about uh, a bit more background about each of our journeys and challenges that we've faced, especially dealing with doubt about yourself. Mm, Andrea, you want to go first? Sure. Doubt's the biggest hurdle. Self-doubt is the biggest hurdle. Not doubt in the spirit world, not doubt in the, what I do in terms of communicating with, you know, evidentially with uh, other souls, but doubt in my ability. Doubt, doubt, doubt. Oh my gosh, that's the worst. And I will say, and all great mediumship or psychic teachers will teach this, that 90% of the work that we do is self-work. Self-work work. There's, there, there's a lot to be said for developing skills. There's a lot to be said for developing knowledge and then practicing, 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 practicing. But that process of practicing and putting yourself out there brings up so much of what we need to work on. It brings up so many emotions that we might not know how to identify. We might not know how to express. We might not know, you know, it just, that's constant. And that uh, takes constant 
work and everything is a moving, developing, evolving process because my teachers, which just to say, of course, I do have teachers. I still have teachers. I still have mentors. My teachers and mentors are still working. I just talked with one of my beloved teachers the other day and she said, and she's been doing uh, evidential mediumship for a long time and she's noticed something in her own practice that's come up that she doesn't like. So she's like, that has nothing to do with the spirit world. That's nothing to do with mediumship. It has something to do with her own process and where she is in life. So she's now facing what, you know, what you think only students face, but we're always a student. There's always going to be something that is coming up that's begging your attention that needs to be developed. And the more we stay on that path of self-development, the better we can connect with other human beings the more we can connect with our clients. And I, I'm a big believer in the ethics of spiritual work. On one hand, it has to be a calling because you'll drive yourself crazy if you're doing this just because you think you want to look cool. You will be, you'll make yourself crazy. <laughs> it has Seconded, to be affirmed. Yes. Un- yep. an undeniable calling. And the calling then has to be within you that this is something you want to do because it makes your soul feel good. Your soul needs to express itself in that manner. But hand in hand with that is that you have such a tremendous responsibility for clients. You have such a tremendous responsibility for the people you're working with because you could, you could do more harm than good and you never want to do more harm than good. And when someone's coming to me to connect with one of their loved ones in spirit or to get clarity on their own soul, I have to do more good than harm. So I've got to have myself in a situation where my skills are at a certain level, where my own mind is in the right place, and I've got to step up and deliver. But the the first and foremost for me is like I've got to do the best I can for that person, that, that soul in front of me. And Andrea, how long was your training? I mean, I know it's on, you know, we're always ongoing, we're always getting more training, but like your initial, like, yeah, I'm going to become a psychic medium. Do you know what's interesting? Mine was short and it was a, it was a, it was a vertical learning curve, you guys. It was straight up, but I have decades behind me of always talking to dead people on the side, not mm-hmm. for clients, obviously, but just in my own world. Um, and a lot of therapy. I have a lot of self-knowledge, a lot of psychological knowledge, a lot of knowledge of trauma, a lot of knowledge of loss. So by the time I was ready to start uh, doing readings with clients, um, I'm bringing every, all the tools into my work with me. Plus, I literally had you know, 13 years of counseling clients as a lawyer. And handling clients in a tremendous emotional situation, I had a lot of that practical experience coming in. So my learning curve was was very short in terms of pure mediumship. Other people have like much longer path, but they they have a lot of other knowledge about just being human that they need to accumulate and and pull in. Mm. I love what you say about the calling aspect too, because one of the questions that I, that came up, there's actually within me, I'm feeling the call. I want to strengthen, you know, my connection, how I communicate with those who are no longer here in physical body. So say for instance, Andrea, can anybody do what you do or do you feel like there's a process to that? 
I'm a big believer that if you have a calling, then that's there for a reason. If you have a desire to do something and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I got to do that thing. That's what your next thing is to learn. Now you might not end up looking like me. You might not end up looking like Katie or Amy, but you'll take that knowledge in and make it your own and use it in your own way. I've worked with a lot of people who have this, you know, this calling, but they're not going to become an evidential psychic medium. They just want to be a better lawyer, a better parent, a better, and they want to understand their intuition more. Where does someone start? Would you say if they want to be like you? (laughs) Start with yourself, (laughs) the mirror. (laughs) We can actually talk about that a little bit, um, a little bit more later. Yeah, let's get a feel for all three kind of tracks and then talk about options. Yeah, so I, um, so my, my path is also a little bit circuitous. So this is Katie. And uh, after college, four years of college, I went to seminary and I got, an, I got a two-year academic degree in seminary. And then I began my PhD work. And it was really while I was doing my PhD work that I was also exploring the metaphysical world and the spirit world, kind of doing two both at the same time, which was um, a little bizarre, but also really life-giving for me. And in, towards the end of my PhD process, or what well, I didn't know, I didn't know it was about halfway through at the time, but about halfway through, I also began exploring ordination at the same time. So I began entering that process. So I was kind of doing these three things at once that all overlapped, but were also distinct, like my academic work, my sort of metaphysical exploration and my ordination process. Andrea? I have a quick question for you. Yeah. Most, I, I just realized that I assumed if you're getting a PhD, that includes ordination? No. So ordination is, uh, is in the United States, you know, everything, church and state are completely separate. So ordination is, is, is not and cannot be granted by a school. It's granted by a denominational body. Gotcha. So in, the, in my opinion, in the best world. Um, so a denominational body, um, well, let's say, you know, the Methodist Church, the Lutheran Church, the Disciples of Christ, all my Jewish denominations just went out of my Reformed Judaism, you know, that they will decide as a denominational body, the government, um, and this is true mo- mostly around the world, government has said that they have their own right to decide what it takes to become a credentialed minister within their tradition. The state can't impose anything upon them. So those denominations decide what do you need to do in order to become ordained. And then you either go to school or you enter an apprenticeship or something that they have said will get you to that place. You do your academic work, but then you're also being formed by committee. So I had like a committee that shepherded me from my church along the way. They asked me critical questions. They affirmed that they thought I was ready when they thought that I was. I had another oversight committee. You know, there's a lot of people involved to shepherd one person through. So the school is just merely the degree that gives you that one of the things you need to do to certify that you're ready, in addition to people who are overseeing your spiritual formation. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of some, some, some listeners out there, maybe if you grew up in a church environment, maybe like, well, no, my minister just felt the calling, walked to the front, and then the next day became a minister. That does happen. I do not recommend attending churches that do that. Because that person does not have critical training and how to deal with emergencies and how to deal with people who've undergone trauma and how to deal with mm. uh, situations of abuse and theological complexity and training in the Bible. So you really want to make sure the person who is pastoring you has specific training, whether that's through apprenticeship or whether that's through a formal schooling education. Both ways are really good. 
Um, yeah, so and then so I got ordained, I finished my degree, not in that order, I finished my degree, and then I got ordained, and then I started doing this work full time. So that's my route. <laughs> that's how I got. So I got to where I am. So yeah, along the way, lots of doubts, lots of, is this the right thing for me to be doing? Lots of, you know, standing at the crossroads, which direction do I go? And just being being led along the way, a few wrong turns, uh, wrong not even being the right word, a few paths that were maybe a little longer than they had to be. <laughs> and so for me, it was, yeah, I just said the other day, it was definitely the metaphysical practices that kept me, that have kept me from being a very bitter ex-Christian. Mm. So I'm, pro- I'm profoundly grateful to be here. Wow. I love that. What would you say your biggest challenge of your journey and the dealing with self-doubt has been for you? Oh, I've had self-doubt in like all three of those areas that I named, academics, metaphysics, ordination, yeah, self-doubt uh, each and every time along the way. Ultimately, I don't think that's unhealthy. I think that's probably a good thing. It always scares me a little bit when people are like, they know, they dive headlong, they never have a second thought because that means they might not be giving critical awareness to their own fears. And then they might pop up later down the road. So yeah, I mean, I had, I I don't know if I had a biggest one, but for all three, I was like, at some point you turn around, you look in the mirror, you're like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? Because it's not easy. It's, uh, it's, yeah, like Andrea said, it takes a particular kind of calling and it's that calling that has to give you the fortitude to keep on doing it. Well said. I agree with that. You know, I think for me, my biggest challenge was, answering that calling, that was the scariest freaking thing I did. You know, that word shaman came into my life. I didn't know what it was. You know, I reached out, got referred a book that, you know, I'm not much of a reader, so that didn't really go anywhere. I start receiving these emails for these shamanic gatherings and the address is Kill Creek Road. My (laughs) ego is freaked out like, oh, this is like a cult. (laughs) But let me tell you, when I showed up, when I answered that calling, that was like a door of magic, like my magical journey, (laughs) my magical mystical journey started because I was able to face that fear. And I don't, the self-doubt aspect, I think it's shown up in different ways in my journey. And I feel that's, that's the disconnection. Like if I'm connected to source, like I fully trust that everything that's happening is for the greatest and highest good, not only of myself, but of all life. And Katie, like you spoken to, like there's going to be challenges, you know, we might fall down, but it's from that falling down that we learn to pick ourselves back up and we're able to learn how to walk and then run into play. And so I just, I encourage anyone who may be filling the call, you know, to the Christian path or the shamanic path or to be an evidential psychic medium, like just see what shows up for you. For me, I feel that spirit delivers those perfect people, places, things, you know, follow Follow your heart and trust your guidance, that guidance that's coming through. Yeah. And I would say receive mentors along the way. Like you haven't heard any one of the three of us say, like I did it. I I answered the call and the next day I became this. We all underwent a lot of training. 
Absolutely. in order to be able to do that. So no one does it by themselves. Um, if, if you were meant to do it by yourself, you would be the only person in the world. You're not. And so you have people who've gone before you who will show you how to do your thing even better uh, than you could otherwise. And that self-doubt, those instances of self-doubt, when you find that, let's face it, there are some paths we go down that we think that is the right path and we fall flat on our face and we actually choose, I'm not getting back up. I'm done with this path. I'm done. This is actually not the path for me. This self-doubt is telling me switch gears. Yep. Then we go down a different path. We have self-doubt and we're like, oh, by God, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to be better next time. And, and then that self-doubt actually kicks in and it makes you double down and work harder. And the next time that opportunity arises, you nail it. So that's yeah. where self-doubt can just be, it can be a message of, I don't want to work harder. I don't want to give more of my heart and soul into this. Or it can be like, I have no choice and I am just mad now. <laughs> I'm going I'm to keep going. And Amy, I completely agree with you with what you said. When you're connected to source, man, that link is strong. It's fast. It's solid. To me, in that instant where the self-doubt kicks in is, can I deliver to the client the way are the right words going to come out of my mouth and so mm. there's self-doubt at every part at every part of the way and i think this podcast has taught all three of us about that at least you know that we have to show up and words are going to somehow fall out of our mouths and we got got to get better and better at allowing that to happen great point absolutely yeah. mm -hmm. so we got one more that i want to share today and this is a little bit off from the podcast, but it also feels good. Also from Rochelle. P.S. We've had a lot of topical bills coming through. NZ. Remind me, what, what was that, Katie? NZ is New Zealand? Yes. I believe. Okay. At the moment, about abortion, cannabis, and end of life. Some Christians in the community are labeling our PM as evil because of this. Personally, I feel like she cares about people and looked after us during COVID-19. I'm interested to hear all of your thoughts about this. Is it possible for people to have healthy debates about this? And are some Christians misinterpreting the Bible because they are afraid? I go first. And go ahead, Katie, okay. please. Um, yeah, so I, definitely possible for people to misinterpret, and it's definitely possible for people to have healthy debates. Mostly humans don't model that very well. And so uh, I, I do think it's possible. I live with a hope that it is possible. I think it's going to come to no sort of surprise um, here to listeners that I'm the kind of Christian and the kind of minister who doesn't draw a lot of hard lines around these kinds of topics. So I'm, I'm not here to uh, preach a sermon or to tell anyone how to think or how to believe about that. I would say when people sort of take the Bible, start to use it as a weapon and beat someone over the head with it and use it for condemnation, then it's being used inappropriately. The Bible says about as much as, as much about abortion as it does about refrigerator instructions. It doesn't say very much. This is, in fact, it tells people how to have abortions uh, several times. Uh, in the Old Testament. And so I, to me, even using the Bible to talk about abortion is, um, I don't want to say silly because it's uh, this is obviously an important topic, but it's um, you're you're trying to put a really round peg in a square hole, in my opinion. And so I don't I don't think it's all that useful, although people 
people don't seem to care what I think about that. They seem to do it anyway. And so, yeah, I definitely think it's possible that those Christians uh, might be speaking out of fear. They might be speaking out of really deep-seated convictions that are very honest. They're coming about them honestly and not communicating them in a very Christ-like way. And so I think we could definitely get better as a Christian community and communities at listening and talking more deeply and doing a little less yelling. Mm. Andrea here, one of the things that we've all discussed uh, before uh, recording as well, just generally that it's, you know, calling, using anything to call someone else evil is not cool. And that's not a very sophisticated way of saying that, but really not cool. Yeah. To me, like the sense of wholeness comes up for me. Yes, it would be great if we could all collaborate and see the same way. But, you know, at the same time, we're here to, to experience things slightly differently. And we have different beliefs. I don't know that I'd say that there's any right or wrong, so to speak. It's We just have different ways of looking at things. And if we're all doing the best that we can, to me, that's what, that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like she spoke of, you know, misinterpreting the Bible because they're afraid. When it really comes down to it and anything that we're doing, anything that's present, especially when it comes to political stuff, because there's so many strong views when it comes to this, like that body wisdom filling into where is the stemming from, the thoughts and the beliefs and to me, that's where our own inner work is, you know? So that's, <laughs> let's do that. Let's show up for ourselves first. Let's find out like what this is that we're looking at, why we have these thoughts, these feelings, and what the best is for all involved. Hey, you know, as I love this question about uh, the situation in New Zealand and um, truth be told, I, don't really, I really don't know much about New Zealand. I do know that New Zealand has managed to like get rid of COVID, I think. So kudos to y'all, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, thank you for that uh, and, and for bringing this uh, moment of contrast to our awareness. But one thing that's occurring to me as we've been listening to these questions is a lot of people have been asking about like, how do you do what you do? What was your training like? And it's telling me that there's a lot of curiosity out there. So no promises right now. I'm just kind of exploring this. Want to see what Andrea and Amy have to um, think about it. But yeah, I'm kind of curious. Do people want training? Do you do you want more? Are you are you curious about how you can learn more about this? And so I don't know, ladies. It's, that seemed like something worthwhile to explore in future seasons. And just we can ask listeners to write into us and tell us what it is that they're wanting. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, absolutely. And I would say for right now with all of us, because we've all been talking about self-work is reach out to any of us for that aspect of any individual working. Um, yeah. Just go to our website and there's a way to com uh, communicate with all or uh, all of us or any of us individually. Okay. We also got some uh, throughout this season, we've gotten emails from a lot of you. We've loved reading all of them. We don't have time to read them all, but we do want to read and share just a few from your own experiences. So let me pull those up from Greg. I listened today. I've questioned why I needed angels if source God is my direct connection. Also, if I was dishonoring source in, in comparison to idol worshiping. Uh, my trust and love of you is as strong as the universe. I am grateful to you. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Greg. That is so nice. It's so good to Aww. hear that. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. This is from uh, either Anna or Anna. I think it's probably Anna. 
Hello. I just listened to the introduction and Sandalphon episode. I love the intro music. And was that the woman on the harp? That was me. That was me, Anna. Okay. <laughs> I think the whole presentation is wonderfully professional. I loved hearing the passion in all of your voices when you were sharing. The meditation was powerful. I felt Sandalphon come in right away. The medium will definitely have to expand her title to include channel. Oh, cool. Yay. Thank you. Who did the Sandalphon meditation? Who led us? I can't recall. It wasn't me. Did I? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Sandalphon okay. came through you, Andrea. Yeah. So right. Andrea. We're so cool. glad. And I'll say, Anna, I also had a great Sandalphon experience because I, I had never really worked with Sandalphon at all before. So that was really fun for me, Katie, too. All right. From Rochelle. Rochelle, you're a rock star today on uh, getting us some feedback from Rochelle. Uh, awesome. I'm getting through the podcast and loving them. So thank you, Rochelle. That's so great. From Amanda, you are all amazing. I'm excited for you. That is so nice. And uh, thank you, Amanda. This is from Crystal. I'm loving the podcast. Metatron was my first um, cognizant archangel encounter that I was fully aware of and actively seeking. And Sandalphon blessed me through music several times after I listened to episode one. Very wow. cool. That's so cool. That's very cool. So I love it that people are having these personal experiences and kind of making conscious what had been unconscious. Uh, this is from Tanya. Hello, ladies. I've listened to all the podcasts. And since today is launch day, I thought I'd leave a, a few comments in your inbox. I look forward to listening to more in the future. And hopefully by now you have. Uh, I have some specific notes somewhere on the Metatron podcast. So we'll send those at a future date. Just wanted to say congrats and thank you. Thank you to Tanya. Aww. Tanya has been, Tanya was part of our launch team. And thank you for being part of that launch team. Mm -hmm. Yes. To all of our launch team members. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, this is from Jennifer. Thank you for sharing your joy and wisdom with us, your listeners in this platform. This meditation was a slightly different experience. I was given a piece of material like a handkerchief, soft to the touch, white and with a message or feeling of gentle innocence. Be gentle with my words, presence and actions. Although it felt a bit rushed, I wanted to stop at several steps to see what was going on in that century. LOL, it was effective. <laughs> Love and light. So I'm curious if either one of you have any. Um, she yeah. was actually responding directly to the Jesus Christ episode. I think so. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. So our most recent episode. I love the images of the material, like a handkerchief, soft and soft me to the too. touch, makes me smile. One of the shares that came in was speaking of how she actually listened to the Mother Mary meditation more than one time. And the second time that she listened to it, it was even more powerful for her. Like just tears were coming out of her eyes. And just, so I just want to share gratitude for Mother Mary, for the different meditations that have come through during our episodes and really encourage anyone to go back at any point in time and listen and see what more comes through. Oh yeah. They're there all, they're there all the time. And I've had several people in my Facebook group too. It was funny after they listened to our Mother Mary episode, they, they were like, you know, I'm Catholic and it never occurred to me that Mary would only be for Catholics. What's all your deal? Why do you think this is only for Catholics? And so <laughs> that's a non-Catholic imposition on, on Mary. <laughs> that made me laugh. So, so these are just a few of our, our listener feedback and comments. We've loved hearing them. Keep them coming in. This is just a small fraction. When it just wanted to give you a sample. And these are all shared with permission to, from people. So thank you so much for writing in. And we love helping you find your own way and your own path and your own connection 
that's what this that's what this is all about. So we've also gotten a few comments in about sound. So y'all, we definitely learned as we went. Uh, the way I, we did the editing at first what had a few bumps in the road, but y'all, we've actually gone a little professional now. And so we do the content editing and now we send it off for professional sound editing. So if there were any bumps in the road that you heard in the first couple of episodes, those should be taken care of. Let us know how this one sounds to you. Just drop us a quick email at magicalmysticaljourneys at gmail.com and let us know how's this sound for you. And, uh, but overall, people, I think, have been able to access them with ease. And yeah, so we, all, we also had a few comments come in uh, from people about their kind of Christian experience and some bumps in the road that they may experience with that. So Andrea, why don't you kind of recap that for us? Sure. I had a few people reach out to me personally saying that because of their resistance, perhaps based on the way they were raised or the church they were raised in, generally to the Christian religion, that they might not have wanted to uh, listen to a podcast about angels and Mary and Christ. And it was significant to them that they were able to have a relationship with these beings outside of the traditional church. That was a bit of an aha moment. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, and I'll, you know, I'll say, I mean, I'm the, uh, you know, sort of official, official Christian voice, if there is one, is there, if there is even such a thing here. And I think that's amazing. And the, the church should exist for the purpose of the people, not the other way around. Right. So if that's, if it doesn't serve you, but you're still able to connect and you are, and not, but, and you still are able to connect. I think that is um, the universe is happy. Well, Katie, I just want to say something that you've mentioned in the past that you hear your clients say, oh, I should be going to church more often. Mm -hmm. And to me, that means I think what they're feeling is that I should have more of a spiritual practice, mm -hmm. not necessarily go to an organized church. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, but. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a big believer when you find a healthy organized church. And so there's a a lot of beliefs that if one's unhealthy, they must all be unhealthy. And that's, that's certainly not true. I think my church is very healthy and no church is perfect, but if church is the barrier, then we have to put it to the side in order to get to our, our core self. So there's no reason to re-traumatize yourself week after week. Right. Yeah. Well, ladies, what are your personal big takeaways from the season? What do you think? Amy? Wow. What a question. You know, I am blown away. So I had never really focused on like an individual guide for, you know, say a whole week. And so that was huge for me. And I found that in between our episodes, like even one of the, one of them, Bridget showed up for me like big time. So for me, I guess the, the greatest takeaway is just to what is possible when we intentionally work with these beings, whether it be for a week or two weeks, just what new shows up and how impactful it can be for another person. Yeah. Katie? 
Cool. I think similar for me, I got to connect and know some understudied beings in my own life. So Sandalfon and Michael, Sandalfon was really completely unknown to me. Like I didn't even know that was Elijah. And then Michael was like, I knew and maybe had done a meditation or two, but didn't really know, no. And so for me, that's my biggest takeaway is just kind of personally just getting to know them. And then I love that this is bigger than any of us and other people write in with other experiences. So that's everyone gets their own journey, their own magical, mystical journey. What about you, well, I'm, Andrea? I'm going to bring it down to earth for a minute for Ooh. all of us because a big uh, takeaway was how much we had to learn about technology. A lot. Let's just say that. Yes, a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> there were a lot of moving parts, y'all, behind the scenes that uh, Amy and Katie managed to pull together with, I mean, it's just everything from the Facebook page and the group and the, the emails and then figuring out how to start a podcast. So there's that, uh, which is we all stepped into a new zone there. Is there an angel so, of podcasts, like an archangel of we podcasts? Need to find, we, we do need, we need to find need one. One. <laughs> one. One of those angels that already exists needs to like expand, expand their, their offerings yeah. at this point and they need to take over technology, although Metatron might be part of that. I don't know. Uh, for me, I would say be open to the unexpected. I think I'm echoing a little bit of what you both said that there's, you know, I don't consider myself Christian in terms of traditional religion. So, but I do uh, to have an experience with these beings to, to just, I think all of us, you know, we set our focus on a being one week and guess what? The being shows up, you know, it's not like, Hey, I'm just going to open my door and see if they come in. They're there. They're totally completely there and they might show up in a way that's completely unexpected, like making Amy's dog go on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, it's just really being open and open and open and, and be open to the unexpected. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Also, Katie, that's like all the stories, the wisdom, the, the information that you brought forth through this, like... I had no idea how much was connected to each of these. And I have a huge, just a new found knowledge on each of them in a way that I didn't have before. So that was also a really great takeaway. So thank you for that. Oh my gosh, you're welcome. And uh, yeah. my joy and you know, go, that's, that goes all three ways, right? Like we all three bring you know, our very unique perspectives uh, to this. And so, like I said, put my degree to use anytime. Send me on a quest. Yay. Send me on a research quest. Yeah. Well, what do each of you have final thoughts for the listeners? Amy? Answer your calling. Whatever that calling is, answer your calling. Through this, it was Metatron that called, you know, I was guided to reach out to each of you. And because of doing this, not only was a podcast created, Magical Mystical Journeys, so many lives have been touched. So many experiences have had, have come to life through this follow that calling. Beautiful. What about you, Katie? So I think final thoughts is um, we're all in this incarnated planet here at this moment. If you're listening to this, I'm trusting you're listening to it for a reason. And so uh, echoing Amy, following your calling, but yeah, follow, trusting that you are um, being guided towards something. I don't know what that is, but we're, we're all in this big messy, beautiful, complicated world together. And almost everyone that we focus on, except for Michael, is an experienced incarnated being. And so they're all there to call upon whenever you need. 
This is Andrea. I thought you were going to say, Katie, that I trust if you're listening to this podcast, you're incarnated on this planet. I don't know why. I, <laughs> I guess non-incarnated beings can listen too. So <laughs> yeah, I, I just totally went there. That was so funny. For me, the uh, one thing that I would suggest to people is that these beings might feel like they're outside of ourselves, but I believe that when we have resistance to connecting with one of them, it's because we're having resistance with that aspect of ourselves. So for example, at the healing aspect of Mother Mary, if there's resistance there, then maybe we're resisting our own power to heal. And conversely, each one of these beings can teach us something about ourselves. There is an aspect of Sandalphon in each of us, of Metatron, of Christ. They're, all this energy is somewhere inside of us. And I would encourage everyone to, to explore that. What is this being connecting with inside of you? and What can you learn about yourself and your own really powerful, gorgeous soul through this being? Mm, love it. Well, ladies, what would you like to see or do more of in season two? You want to talk about what's coming up? Yeah, I can start. Uh, this is Katie. We're going to be switching things up just a little bit. We've been experimenting and talking about some new formats, some new sections, and being a little more specific, a little more focused. And so I'm really looking forward to that. I always like playing with the format so that we can serve listeners the very, very best. And we don't want anyone to get bored, so we're going to do our utmost to keep you all on your toes and keep us on our toes. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to. Amy? I like that. So for me, like these, who's next? The beings of the next season, whoever they may be. Like I'm already excited about one of them that's shown up for me. And just learning more, like the new experiences. Um, yeah, the new experiences, I would say, is a big part of it. Exploring different beings that I haven't explored before, as well as we briefly talked about this. So we'll see what happens. You know, it doesn't happen till it happens. So um, having possible guests come into the season two. Yeah. Well, one thing we've talked about that I think we're all excited about is that season two is going to involve guest beings definitely the discarnate ones who are outside of the mainstream cultural uh, focus. So we picked some pretty popular figures this time around. Next time might be folks that are deemed to be more mystical. We might have some beings that are outside the Christian tradition that are more Hindu or Buddhist, or we, we, we'll see, might be more pagan, might have crossovers. I think we're mm -hmm. all fascinated with beings that have crossover appeal. So Buckle up, y'all. I can't wait. Do we have a, do we want to put our suggested date? Go ahead. Go for it. We'll, we'll keep it ambiguous for a month and then we'll let everyone know what the exact date, but this will, this should debut in October, 2020, October, 2020. So Andrea, tell us the best way for people to find out exactly when the drop date is so that they don't miss a thing. I was going to ask you or Amy to do that. Well, I would <laughs> Amy, say, tell us. <laughs> So join our mailing list, go to magical-mystical-journeys.com to sign up, follow us on social media. So if you have Instagram or Facebook, you can find us there or email us, interact with us. We love your stories. We love your feedback. 
You can email us at magicalmysticaljourneys at gmail.com. Such a great way. Well, thanks you, everybody. What a great wrap-up and what a great first season. It was so much Absolutely. fun. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you to our guides, our listeners. It was so great just hearing all the feedback, the experiences, the stories, and these questions. Thank you all so much. I and can't stay wait. tuned for season two. Yeah, season two. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.